welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch with your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of Dr. Lieberman, her guests, and callers. Now it's time to have a seat on Dr. Carol's Couch. Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Welcome to today's edition of Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Um, Some people are not going to believe the title of this show or what we're going to be talking about, but obviously there is proof or um, my guests wouldn't be talking about this and I certainly wouldn't be having them on my show. Um, This is proof that uh, the 2020 election, presidential election, was a fraud. Now, if you um, went to sleep like I did on election night uh, with Trump having a nice, comfortable lead about which I was happy and then only to wake up. Well, only actually I stayed up pretty much the whole night um, and saw Fox News gradually uh, changing, you know, the reporting that uh, all of a sudden Trump's lead diminished, disappeared. And by the morning it was gone. Or so everybody would, well, not everybody, or so Biden and friends would like us to believe. Um, There has been a lot of, a lot of conversation, a lot of arguments, a lot of dissension about whether or not uh, the 2020 election results are real, are uh, honest or not. And nowadays, if you dare to say, dare to question whether they are real, um, you are called a liar or you're crazy or um, fanatic, or of course now we're being called terrorists. Um, So, you know, it takes a lot of guts uh, or a death wish for my guests (laughs) to write a book Mm -hmm. um, that in fact uh, purports, and I believe them, to uh, prove that in fact, there is evidence that it, the election isn't uh, true. The results aren't real. Um, the book is called The Parallel Election, A Blueprint for Deception and Evidence of Massive Election Fraud in Delaware County, Pennsylvania, in the November 2020 election. And, of course, the point is that if it was could be um, verified, you know, found fraudulent in one county, in America, clearly there are other counties um, that have done similarly uh, fraudulent things to um, to to make the results come out the way they did. And for us to now have a president who has dementia, that's one of the things that I have been talking about a lot. Uh, and of course, it gets more and more worrisome as um, our, there's more and more risk to our country, like in nuclear like Putin threatening nuclear war. Now, um, so let me introduce my guest, Gregory Stenstrom. He is the co-founder of Patriot Online, a digital privacy ecosystem and social media platform. Um, He's a technology leader and data scientist. He's been a CEO, CTO, CIO. (laughs) What's the other? Oh, I forgot the the initials, but like a... (laughs) All the Twitters, all the C's. Yes. Anyway, and he is a specialty in security and fraud investigations. And um, he's also a former U.S. naval officer. Um, He has worked in special warfare and special operations. He has a Bachelor of Science degree from the U.S. Naval Academy in Annapolis. 
Now, um, my other guest is Leah, Leah Hoops. She is a small business owner and a Republican committee woman for Bethel Township in Delaware County, Pennsylvania. Strangely enough, the one that they found the fraud in. And she's worked as a, as a physical therapist, as a Krav Maga instructor, that is the Israeli kind of um, defense system. And she trains women in self-defense, both physically and emotionally. She's also a become, has become well known as a political activist who developed strategic and tactical pol- political action plans. She has a uh, associate of arts in criminal justice from Delaware Community College, and she has an associate of science uh, in physical therapy from Harcum College. Now, so welcome to the show. First of all, glad glad you're here. Thank you, Carla. Uh, um, let's start with I think. Um, I think, am I right in guessing that, um, Leah, who, who started this? <laughs> I mean, um, how, how did, let's start with how it started. Leah, you were a polls, um, you worked in the polls during the 2020 election. Is that how you got Greg involved with this or was it the vice versa? Or how did you both end up with each other and, and work on this book? So honestly, by the grace of God, Um, So when myself, I got started um, back in March of 2020 when they were trying to shut down the country and I knew what they were trying to do because I've been studying for a very long time about our enemy, which is uh, either communists or Marxists or whatever you want to call them, plain evil. So we got started and I started recruiting people on social media who um, had, you know, like-minded ideas and we created a watchdog group. And we started investigating Delaware County because it had just flipped from Republican to Democrat after 150 years. Mm. They started installing the people that they needed, including our district attorney, Jack Stolzheimer, who got a million dollars from the George Soros PAC. So that was first. And then second came in our Delaware County Council, which all became Democrat. One of them being a huge political activist. Her name is Christine Ruther. She brought in uh, groups like Indivisible, which is a completely uh, left-wing progressive group. These people came in and volunteered inside the counting centers and also were collecting election materials. And then lastly, we had uh, all sorts of consultants that came in and then the Center for Tech and Civic Life, which is the Zuckerbucks in Delaware County received $2.1 million. So we started investigating eight months prior to the election. And of course I was already um, Uh, an elected committee woman. And then I reached out to uh, a good friend of ours, Greg and mine, maybe a mutual friend who is uh, also in military. And I asked him specifically because I was recruiting for uh, military people and uh, ex-law enforcement to become poll watchers and also someone that specializes in fraud. So I I recruited Greg. Huh. So you had an idea before the actual election took place that there was going to be a problem. Absolutely. And, and what gave you that clue? I mean, besides um, the fact that there were all of a sudden all these Democrats appeared, I guess that was the clue. Well, I noticed what was happening in 2016 and I started doing my due diligence, but I'm, uh, I, I like to read a lot and especially about my enemy and that is the, the communist people and, and history, of course, I'm a big history buff. So I was starting to notice the change in our country and especially during Obama. And Obama had, had told us flat out Uh, what he was going to do, um, you know, when he left office. 
So they talked uh, specifically about the elections and why he wanted elections as a part of our critical infrastructure. Wait, and- wait, 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 wait. wait let, um, first of all, uh, Obama, I think, is the worst president that America has ever Absolutely. had. Um, so we agree on that. But what did he say that he was going to do when he left office? So he, uh, well, first and foremost, he said that our founding fathers made it very hard for him to do the things that he wanted to do in the United States. So that was first and foremost. And I paid attention to a lot of what he said. And Benny Thompson, who is the head of the January 6th committee right now, a raging progressive Democrat, he and Obama were in agreement that our elections were easily hackable and they were specifically talking about Russia. So Obama made our elections a part of our national critical infrastructure, which then places the Department of Homeland Security in charge of our, our elections, our voting machines, you know, with things that goes uh, on with, uh, within the polls, our funding, all of that stuff. So he was preparing for what was to come uh, so that, you know, he could control things after he left office. Wow. And, you know, Donald Trump came down the escalator and I was like, I was like, this man's going to change everything. And uh, he did. And he he opened up the floodgates and he really exposed the things that were coming. So it was it was a long time coming. Well, OK, it's a good thing. It's a good thing you were paying attention. <laughs> OK, Greg, um, why don't you tell us about how you got involved and how that was at the beginning? Well, I have, uh, as Leah said, I was recruited. I've been involved in uh, my specialty, uh, in addition to military, is fraud, forensics, security, information security. Um, Some of the jobs I've done in the past was I did the encryption for the Federal Depository Insurance Corporation, Bank of New York, uh, the Federal Reserve, Naval Space Warfare Command. I've been involved in quite a few um, corruption, uh, public corruption uh, investigations. So uh, the gentleman that uh, introduced Leah and myself was well aware of my background. So when we came in, um, you know, I, I had a good idea of what we were already looking for based on what Leah had told us. And, uh, and we saw exactly what we expected to see. And, and we have hard physical evidence of this. And we've been working on this for, for two years. And one of the things I bring to the, to the table is uh, my purpose is uh, lethality. And when I say lethal lethality, not killing somebody, but you know, my interest is in getting the job done. It takes years to put some people in jail. Uh, we put several very corrupt officials in jail. It took us seven years to put one man in jail, four years for another, and it takes a while. And in order to do that, in, in order to implement uh, real change, real change and accountability, uh, one of my favorite sayings is from uh, Coriolanus with Shakespeare, which is, do not cry havoc when you should but hunt with modest warrant. And one of the things I think Leah and I did, uh, we laid out a two-year plan. Actually, Leah, Leah and I worked very hard to lay out a two-year plan. Um, you know, we first, we exhausted our administrative remedies. We went to everybody, district well, attorney, well, attorney what, general, what, everybody. Well, what, tell, what is, were you um, at the polls too? I was a certified poll watcher. I was in the counting center. And one of the ways they, they implemented the fraud was one of the things that protects the United States uh, in voting is decentralization. Most people vote. We have 428 precincts in Delaware County, as an example. Most people are voting with their family and friends. They go down, there's two or 300 people. So, you know, you know, Johnny's off to sea, you know, and we have his absentee ballot. We know 
Sally's sick and so forth. So there's a, there's a, there's a knowledge of the community and we vote as communities. What they did specifically in 2020 is this is where the Soros money and the CTCL money that Leah spotted very early on. Now, 90% of the CTCL money was focused on eight swing states and 32 counties. You only have to focus on 32 counties and eight swing states out of 3,200 counties, wards, and parishes in the United States to change the outcome of the election. So wow. Leah had already seen that with her watchdog group, and we knew where the money was and where it had been spent. It had spent to put in corrupt district attorneys, a corrupt attorney general, corrupt judges, corrupt poll workers, um, the, the county council, as she said, there was a corruption there. So the 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 the... the layout was already there. So when we walked into the to the counting center and I walked into the counting center, now, instead of having all those mail-in ballots and the V drives and all the different elements of an election being decentralized, they centralized 428 precincts into 250 polling locations. And then they brought everything back to a counting center, which in the book we call the big store. By centralizing, now I can put through 120,000 fake mail-in ballots, keep the real ones in the back room, and implement fraud. Now I can introduce V-drives two or three days later when nobody is looking because now there's nobody there to look. We've decentralized every, we, we've centralized everything to put the entire election into the hands of a few people, and we name them in the parallel election. Huh. So... So, so the ballots that people came in with, or or they used the machines and they, you know, they made their ballot, they voted, um, that like stayed at the, um, at the local. Uh, no, no, I'll explain. On the centralized, when you voted a mail-in ballot, they sent out hundreds of thousands, millions across the country, but in, specifically in Pennsylvania. Our county mailed out uh, four days before the election had mailed out 104,000 mail-in ballots. Okay. Now, miraculously, four days later, they counted 120,000. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And what they did, what Lee and I did is we filed an injunction. We saw, you know, the very first night I was in, it took us five hours to fight our way in. So they didn't want us in there. And Leah can tell that part of the story. I don't want to steal her thunder on that. But she fought to get us an injunction and get us into you know, just get us into the counting center. And then when I saw what was going on, your ballot, when you write your ballot out, you fill it out, you send it in, you can put it in a drop box. Now those things theoretically should work. What they do is they come into the counting center. Now it's centralized. And then they type in your name and they type everything in and say, we, we received your ballot. You've, you have voted. We've received your ballot. That ballot goes into a back room. And we saw that back room. The defense counsel has admitted it. We know they were back there. We can prove 100% that 50 to 70,000 real mail-in ballots were stuffed in a back room. Mm -hmm. So what they did is they recorded into the computer system and says, oh, you voted. Then they took 120,000 fake mail-in ballots that had been okay. produced off-site. They ran them through the machines, destroyed the envelopes, destroyed the images. So who knows the difference? So as far as you know, you sent your mail-in ballot, right? You don't know that it's still sitting in a back room uncounted. And, and, and believe it or not, stupidly, idiotically, the defense counsel was fighting so much that they were fighting with us. And they said, well, we set up pens for you and we comply with the judge's order to allow you to where you wanted to go. 
Okay, but there were no fake mail-in ballots. There were no unopened mail-in ballots. There were no unused V drives. They lied their asses off. And mm. in fact, later on, in their own pictures, in the pictures, it's like, you ever seen that My Cousin Vinny where he says, what's this, the trees and the dirt and everything? <laughs> yeah. So we're looking at these pictures, and I go, what's this? What's this? What's this? <laughs> these are unopened ballots. There's 10 boxes of 500 unopened ballots just in this picture. Never mind the other pictures. So I said, well, you just said that we were lying when we didn't, when we said there were 50 to 70,000 unopened mail-in ballots. Your own pictures have got them in there. And they said, whoa, whoa. Well, we made a mistake. There were unopened ballots, mail-in ballots. We were, you, we were lying, but it's inadmissible because the judge erred and you shouldn't have been allowed back there to see them. <laughs> this is what we're dealing with. We're, we're sitting there listening, talking to people, and I look at them and I say, you, I mean, the lawyers, I don't know how they stack crap that high, that, that the words that can come out of their mouth. I go, dude, you don't even make, make any sense. It's, this is what we're dealing with. And I'm going to let Leah does a much better job than me in talking okay. about the archives and some of the other things. But the mail-in ballots is something I like to explain and, and get, get it across to people that your votes didn't count. People need to go and vote in person. That makes it tougher. And I'll, you know, I'll let Leah, you know, she's got some great information on the V drives. Okay. Okay, Leah, go ahead. I was a poll watcher inside my precinct uh, in Bethel Township. And from the very beginning, from seven o'clock in the morning, there was nothing but problems. And it wasn't just within our precinct, it was across the county. I'm going to give you some background. Our county had 46% of Pennsylvania's drop boxes out of the whole state. Um, and then our voting machine warehouse supervisor was the ex-president of the Philadelphia Union, uh, United Steelworkers Union. He was very dear friends with the district attorney who owed him favors. Uh, he was also his progressive political buffer. And he was very, very dear friends with and has done many deals with Obama and also the DNC. So he was in charge of all the voting machines. So I just, we also had done our investigation on this gentleman who was put in and placed and implemented for a reason. So on that morning we had issues and the main issue that we were seeing across the county, the fifth largest county in Pennsylvania is that the scanners were not scanning the ballots. And it started the minute we opened those polls. So it was creating a lot of confusion. It was creating backup in the lines and people were very angry. Mm. When we tried to call the voting machine warehouse to have it resolved, it took hours before someone showed up. So the gentleman that shows up is this voting machine warehouse supervisor. His name is Jim Savage. He shows up, he doesn't troubleshoot anything. He doesn't replace any scanner. And his excuse was that the barcodes on the ballots are deformed. So if anyone knows anything about these machines, which we have now two years worth of information about, a barcode should not have any deformity, period. <laughs> and those issues are caught during the logic and accuracy testing prior to the election, which has to be done according to the election code. So that should have been caught long before. So we knew immediately that things were, they were way off. And then throughout the day, uh, our, our group was capturing, um, you know, videos and pictures and reports from all over the county that this was happening in almost every precinct. So we had some some information going in. And then later on, I spoke to Greg. He uh, picked up the phone around 630. And he's like, I'm at the counting center. You need to get me a lawyer. 
immediately. I need to get into a back room. They are not allowing us back into. Um, and so of course I'm screaming on the phone. I pick up the phone and I talk to, you know, who I need to talk to. And they sent us a Republican lawyer uh -huh. who was worse than the Democrats. <laughs> he was actually fighting with us more than the Democrats were. Um, later we found out not only did he not join our lawsuit uh, when we moved forward with it, forward with it, but he ended up <laughs> on the election board the very next year. Oh, wow. So it was, um, it was really a lot of players and a lot of people that didn't do their job on purpose. And it was a big uniparty, um, which we talk about a lot in the book. So let me, so um, what you were just talking about, the purpose of it was to slow down the people who could actually vote on, on regular ballots. Um, you know, I mean, I guess through the machine, right. So, so that it would be easier to have all these, um, paper ballots that just get counted and to slow down the real people who were trying to vote. Yeah. Well, let, let me, Leah, do you want to explain about the V yeah, drive? Just, just real quick. So during the, in your polling place, right. You, you scan your ballot and once your ballot is scanned and dropped into the box, it's called like a fired bullet, right? You're not able to then connect it back to an actual voter. You just have, uh -huh. you have a number, but you don't have a name on that ballot. Right. So when you reconcile at the end of the night, reconciliation is an accounting term. We all know that, right? We have to reconcile our taxes and we have to tell the government what, what came in and what went out, right? Everything has to match. So within your polling place, you have to, according to the law, you have to reconcile before it goes uh -huh. to the accounting center and to be tabulated formally. Out of 428 precincts, 220 of them were unreconcilable. By tens of thousands of votes, not one or two votes, tens of thousands. So they disrupted the one place where you can actually have control and oversight. Oh, disrupted uh -huh. it on purpose so that by the time it got to the tabulation area, they had lost return sheets, which is your tabulation sheet where you put all your information from your polling place. They lost 47 B drives. 47 V drives. Now the V drives is the cast vote record that comes out of the machine that has to be, it has to match everything that's inside the ballot box, everything that's on the return sheet, everything has to match. Okay. They lost those. They lost multiple, multiple pieces of election material. Okay. On the way to the tabulation center. So this was very purposeful. There was no chain of custody. And then to top everything else off, they were still collecting all of this information nine days post-election. So it was um, it was complete and utter chaos designed uh, so, to, yeah. hide, to hide their fraud. Okay. So did you, um, like, I, I, you know, I'm just sitting here wondering, like, why why haven't we known about this already? Well, like, for example, did you, either of you, um, uh, call the media when all this was happening. Yes, so I was an I was an alternate elector for President Trump. I was on the Trump campaign. I have dealt with every. We've been in every group. We uh, we testified at Gettysburg with Rudy Giuliani in front of the Senate, which was not a real hearing, by the way, because we were not sworn in. Uh, we worked for the Thomas More Society. I was the Pennsylvania Voters Alliance uh, uh, president at the time. 
I, I we've I mean we've been on many shows. We've had the um, you know we've been on Bannon Newsmax. We've been trying to speak with everybody, and uh, I think there's there's a lot of things that uh, that were introduced very early on that were was a complete farce uh, in order to um, you know basically suppress real evidence. Well, we, I, I want to speak to that very quickly. Um, because of the circles I run in, in fraud circles and so forth, I had U.S. Attorney Billy McSwain's phone number, cell phone number. So earlier uh, to go the V drives, we had seen, we knew about the, the fake mail-in ballots. And then two days after the election, we saw Jim Savage, who Leah mentioned, he surreptitiously walked in and we saw him inject 24 or more V drives into the system, yeah. into the tabulation server and flip the vote another 50,000 votes. Now that's something we can prove. And I'm gonna to talk to that in a minute in terms of what other proof we have for that. But come Saturday, they're doing the tabulation, they're counting the provisional votes. And Lee and I have integrated all this information across multiple sources. We know they've used fake mail-in ballots. We know they kept real mail-in ballots in the back room. We know they used V drives to infuse votes to get the outcome they wanted. We had all this information. I call Billy McSwain on Saturday, okay? And I say, hey, Billy, we need to get down here. I'm pretty sure I know how they did it. If we can get forensic images of the tabulation servers, I can prove, you know, and put a fork in this whole thing. The computer logs, the way the, the machines work in the tabulation servers is they record when a USB V drive is injected and what happens. So I said, Bill, all we need, I, I don't need a whole big investigation down here. I just need forensic images of four machines. I'd like to get a couple of forensic images of the voting machines. And we got them. Billy McSwain, you know, he listened. He took, you know, took notes. He, he understood what I was asking, understood what the fraud was. He called U.S. Attorney Bill Barr and Bill Barr shut him down. Okay, Bill Barr later lied to the J6 committee and so forth. Billy Barr shut them down. Okay, and I'm going to let Leah, Leah, you know, Leah's, I think, much more colorful than I am, and she does a better job of explaining it. But we went to law enforcement. We went to the everybody, everybody. When I say we went to everybody, I, I, I left no stone unturned. I have a big Rolodex, U.S. Postal Service inspectors, U.S. Marshals, we call, I called everybody. But like, you know, like there, are, there were usually um, cameras at the different polling places. I mean, I forget which one it was where um, it wasn't, I don't think it was Pennsylvania, but there was one place where they wouldn't let people, uh, they were putting up cardboard in the window. Um, and there was a whole big, you know, that was caught on television that they weren't letting people observe what was going on. I don't remember where that was, but um, so there wasn't a way to get it out then. No, I'm going to hold something up for you. You see this in your, this is a USB V drive, very yeah. similar, right? So I have this USB V drive. I got cameras watching everything, right? Is this the same USB V drive? <laughs> I don't know. Is this the same one? What does it matter if I've got cameras on everything? You know, if I have a mail-in ballot, here's a mail-in ballot. Well, here's the one that came in the door, goes in the back room. This one comes in a side door, goes through the machine. Do you know the difference? 
So it doesn't matter how many cameras and what we called it was, I called it Kabuki theater and, and, and Leah, Leah ran with, you know, we've been calling it Kabuki theater. Yeah. That whole central, we call it the big store. You've seen the movie, the sting or oceans 11, um, different fraud and con movies. Yeah. But they call that is the big store. If I put a big giant building and I've got 50 people walking around with racks of boxes of ballast and I've got tubs of V drives coming in, you know, I've literally tubs, no accountability. I've just got literally big giant containers filled with these things. Do you know which ones are real? No, no. Do you know which ballots are real? Do you, you, so I don't care how many cameras you put on it or how many times you count the ballots. This is a fired bullet. Once this goes into the system, it's gone. It's a fired bullet. Once I load this V drive into the system, it's a fired bullet. Unless I can get this back and do the forensics on this, unless I can do the forensics on the envelope, I don't care about this. This is a fired bullet. If I count these things, you know, if I pull six bullets out of a dead body and I count them, that's an autopsy. I need to know where the gun came from, where the, where, where the, you know, the envelope came from, and they destroyed everything. I see. I see. So, okay. So wait, when did your book come out? And again, let me tell people, I want to be able to, uh, I want to mention the title a few times. Uh, the book, all of this, you know, it's, it's a lot to take in. And uh, so that's why you should buy the book. <laughs> and the book is called The Parallel Election, A Blueprint for Deception and Evidence of Massive Election Fraud in Delaware County, Pennsylvania, in the November 2020 election. So um, so after the election, um, you know, there have been in, in various states, as you obviously know, there have been different um, uh, groups of people who have tried, I mean, um, I can't think of, I'm trying to remember, uh, there was that one woman who kind of made a big splash. Anyway, there were people who went from diff to the different states and tried to make this point that there was fraud. fraud, And uh, and you kept being, I don't mean you, but all of these people, lots of different groups, kept being tossed out. Now, I gather that that's because the people who were deciding on whether there was true fraud or not were Democrats. But it just, I mean, w when did your book come out? Um, how long so we started writing it two years ago and it was actually uh, 800 pages originally. So we started documenting from, from day one. Uh, it was published on August 9th and we were suppressed by our own attorneys, our now ex-attorneys. And I can tell you one of the biggest problems that we have in this country are attorneys. Um, and they lack ethics and a lot of the filings uh, that were uh, created and the people that went into the courts were not filled with with evidence of fraud or they weren't filed properly or they and I believe and we believe that a lot of it was done um, to to be thrown out. I mean, we watched we were told the RNC lawyers, OK, were down at the counting center and everything was fine. We were also told the same thing in Philadelphia because we had we had friends down there, people that were working security. The RNC had it all under control and their lawyers are there taking care of things and blah, blah, blah. They were sitting in a room collecting their checks, doing absolutely nothing. They were doing nothing. And we have seen many attorneys, with the exception of a few, who are self-serving, who are grifters, and who also have, uh, you know, they're building their careers right now. And it's a shame. So uh, as of right now, Greg and I took it upon ourselves to file pro se. 
And that means that we are representing ourselves and uh, we are, we're collecting uh, donations for legal fees because it just takes time away from our lives. And uh, we've, we've sacrificed everything for this. Would you like me to volunteer to be, I'm, I work as a, my day job is as a forensic psychiatrist and expert witness. <laughs> Would you like me to pro bono do, uh, support your emotional distress? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we can, you have the next year cleared out on your, on your calendar because Greg and I have been through absolute, absolute hell. We've had, I've had the FBI at my home. Um, the Attorney General uh, of Pennsylvania, Josh Shapiro, who was a Biden elector and and a benefactor of the fraud, came to our home to intimidate us. Uh, you know, we're domestic terrorists, we're Trumpians, you know, J6 committee, you name it. You know, we, we've we've been smeared by everybody, everybody. I've had people in my local area, you know, <laughs> call the, the police. Uh, Greg's had thugs come down his long driveway. Um, you know, his business was completely destroyed. Um, and, uh, you know, this is, this is just where we are. And, um, this is what happens when, when you get into the fight. I mean, you have, this is our country. Like there's, there's nowhere left to go. And for people waiting for these politicians to come in and, oh, we'll just get them next time. No, this is the end game for the enemy. This is the end game. And, you know, we, we, we need to continue to move forward. So, that's just it. I, I I understand what you're saying. I mean, I don't some of the um the technical details. I'm not you know uh, <laughs> I'm a little vague on, but I as far as the whole point that um that our country has become gradually taken over. Um, it's kind of like the movie. Did you ever see um what was that movie with the pod people? The invasion of the body snatchers. Oh yeah, oh, it's yep. kind of like that where people have transformed into. <laughs> you know, the other side and, and anybody who wants to tell the truth or wants to protect this country, you mm -hmm. know, wants to save it, um, is the enemy, our terrorists. That's well, right. It's we, like 1984, George we, Orwell. Mm -hmm. we've, yes. we've survived this long uh, where others have, I think, have fallen down. Uh, number one, because we are, I'm going to say, common citizens who, who valued our anonymity and we also see this as uh, I believe 80% of people believe uh, agree on 90% of the issues. And what we call the Uniparty, the GOP corporate body and the DNC corporate body, they win by polarizing Democrats versus Republicans. So no one wants to hear. The Democrats don't want to hear from the Republicans. The Republicans don't want to hear from the Democrats. And Lee and I is like, hey, we're common citizens. But where we survive is we have affidavits. We have video admissions, video admissions of people laughing, election officials laughingly saying we fabricated the whole thing. We couldn't reconcile anything. We have video admissions. We have video of them destroying the evidence. We put in 98 exhibits, 98 exhibits of hard physical evidence into our cases. So what happens is we have, you know, we have whistleblowers, okay, inside. Leah and I, Leah, you know, we took this thing and we knew it would take two years. We appreciate, I'm going to call them the shock troops. We appreciate President, you know, President Trump and Giuliani and Phil Klein and Mike Lindell and all these people that I'm going to call them the shock troops. They came out there and said, hey, you know, I think most people in the country knew there was fraud. But what Leah and I were fortunate enough to do and steadfast enough to do was 
we have the evidence, we've got the video, we've got the audio, we have the, the receipts, they can't reconcile the vote by tens of thousands of votes. We can prove that they fraudulently certified 327,000 votes and that they did it only moments before the certification in Pennsylvania, taking the election away from Trump and giving it to Biden, giving it to Shapiro and putting the choices they wanted. And then a big thing we have, a huge thing that they have all over the country is spoliation. The destruction of evidence in civil law, okay, is evidence. It's an admission of guilt. I don't have to prove that you committed fraud. You have to prove that you ran an honest election. And mm -hmm. you can't do that. And one last thing I wanted to say is they have been doing this since. In May 2020, the reason we called our book The Blueprint yeah. for Deception was in May 2020, about 20% of people voted midterms. 20% of people voted in Allegheny County. Okay, 2022, excuse me. 2022, just in May, 20% of people okay. voted in Pittsburgh, Allegheny, okay? They were missing 31 V drives at the end of the night. Three days later, okay, they bring in all the mail-in ballots. They find the V drives. In 109% of registered voters voted in Allegheny County and changed the election in the entire state. So they continue to do it. We know how they're doing uh -huh. it. We know how they're ingesting fake mail-in ballots. We know that they're using V drives. And we know there's other, there's other methods that they're using that we're not even going to talk about because we're going to save them from the November 2020 election. And we're going to catch them again. Okay, so why isn't this, like, have you gotten your book or have you spoken with Trump, for example, or somebody else equally? Well, not is Do you have his number? What? Do you have his number? We'd love to talk to him. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, somehow this needs to get to be um, mm -hmm. everywhere. Uh, when, when does your case come up? When is your trial? We have two cases. Uh, one from December of 2020, which is heading to the United States Supreme Court, which we're also filing pro se, which we need to raise money for because it has to be professionally prepared because there are a lot of rules when you file in the Supreme Court of the United States. And then our second one, which was filed in January of 2021, it is uh, heading to the Commonwealth Court uh, to appeals. So we are still surviving from the 2020 election in the, in the appellate uh, court system. Um, and also, uh, we have a defamation case by the voting machine warehouse supervisor who is suing me and Greg, President Trump, Rudy Giuliani, Jenna Ellis, and Phil Klein. So we're named on that as well. See, he well, that'll get a lot of attention. That's good. Uh, you would think. You would think. <laughs> except they keep pushing it out. They keep pushing it out because he was stupid enough to file the defamation case in October of 2021, or yes, October of 2021. And then we filed in January of 2022 with him admitting on record of his guilt and also uh -huh. uh, a bunch of other things that, that we have against him. So it actually opens up another avenue for us to submit evidence uh, on record. Well, um, you know, people like Giuliani, for example, is he going to, um, is he working with you or are you, is he help? Can he help in some way? Well, they, they can all help. Actually, there are, there's been, I mean, when I say we're breaking our backs and like 
ringing the phones off the hook. We have been trying to get to President Trump. I think he is surrounded by not good people and has been surrounded by not good people as we've seen time and time again. I mean, I think the, mind, the man fired a ton of people. Um, and I still think that he is surrounded by people that, um, you know, ride his coattails and, you know, don't, uh, don't actually want to see him vindicated. So if anyone has a direct line to President Trump, it would be really wonderful to get uh, to talk with him and um, and to. Well, he him. listens to my show all the time, so this should be. <laughs> Hope so. Well, we, we've been surprised. If you look at it, the press, the narrative, uh, part of the the fourth the fourth estate of the United States has always been the press, and a free press, and a, and a and at least a fair press, maybe biased but fair. And we've been missing that. I mean, the narrative of the safest and most secure election ever and calling uh, uh, Leah and myself terrorists, you know, if they don't agree with it and scaring the hell out of people. The FBI kicking people's doors down and frog walking people out. And, and the thing is, is Leah and I, one of the things that, that we scare the hell out of. Them. And one of the reasons you haven't heard of us is to spend two years is we scare the living hell out of them because we actually do have the evidence. So if they talk about the book, the parallel election, parallelelection.com, people, please buy the book. Okay, go to patriot.online. You can donate to Patriot Online. You can donate to the our legal fund. You can donate to the Beyond the Mules movie, which is being created about this book. You can buy the book there. Oh, good, good. And, yes. and we're, they're creating a new movie, Beyond the Mules, about our book. Uh -huh. so That's great. We've been in a lot of fights. I Well, I'm going to say I've been in a lot of fights in my life, real life or death fights. And one of the things I talked to Leah about, and one of the reasons I admire her bravery and even your bravery, putting a show like this up, you know, in, in, the, in, the, in the face of all this suppression and this craziness, is that every fight I've ever been in, with the exception of some military fights, I've been alone. And I said that to Leah. I said, if you're going to get into this, you're going to think the cavalry's coming. Mm -hmm. You know, that if we, just, if we just wave our hands and give people the facts, that the cavalry were going to come. They don't. OK, uh -huh. they go back to their TikTok, uh -huh. you, know, you know, they'll spend money on, oh, let's go out and take pictures of our feet in front of some pool. <laughs> OK, and the cognitive dissonance that everything's going to be OK. Tomorrow morning, I'm going to wake up and there's going to be gas for my car. My power is going to turn on. You know, everything will be fine. It'll all work out. There's people that will take care of this. We're the people. Yes. If you want to know who's taking care of this, it's Leah, myself, and we're by ourselves. And if you want to help, OK, truly want to help. And I appreciate your prayers and the platitudes, but if you really want to help, become a certified poll watcher, buy the book so you know what the hell you're looking at, okay, and donate because I'm, we're broke. We've taken every single penny that we've owned. I've lost my business. She, her business is a disaster. Um, the, the cost of this has been tremendous. I don't even want to say this, okay? And I'm tired of fighting alone. And I'm not going to, you know, I'm going to continue to do it. But if you want to do something, then donate and get in the fight. Yes. You know, just one quick aside, because we, we only have about five minutes left. Um, there was a, a rumor um, and I, I tried to investigate it. I, I thought that there was something, some truth to it. Do you know, I'm sure you know, um, you know about the rumor that, uh, that, that the election was fixed in part through the uh, votes going through uh, Italy that yeah. it was. Let me address that. I'm going to address that. Uh, I'm a certified network engineer. Lee and I, the very first day we were down in Arlington, we were pulled down there to tell what we saw. 
And we got the, the note, you know, people started talking about Dominion. I said, listen, I'm a certified network engineer. I have put in, I have put these systems in. Even if it's true, it will take you years to prove it's true with mm-hmm. the election. Now, one of the things you saw, and one of the reasons the proof that they used the V drives is you, everybody saw these crazy, well, we gave Trump this many, then he went down. And then he went this many, went down. Biden went up and you saw how fast these swings were. The problem with that is via the Internet, you can't do things that fast. The way you get huge swings like this is you stick a a, a USB V drive, which I showed you earlier. If you put one of these V drives in, I can swing an election by tens of thousands of votes in seconds. I can't do that over the Internet. So I'm going to say this. It could be true. And the problem is, is Lindell just got his head kicked in yesterday at the Supreme Court for $1.3 billion, okay, because Dominion, you know, has sued him for defamation. You give me enough time, I'm telling you, I'm pretty sure I could prove that it happened, okay? But the thing was, is Lee and I had to go a different route. And this is why we appreciate the, the shock troops and we appreciate a lot of the theories, but a lot of these theories were injected as operations, they, they were planned operations. They, they, they got people to go down rabbit holes. And Lee and I, we went like this the whole time. I'm not going down a rabbit uh-huh. hole. Guys, don't go down the Dominion rabbit hole. It'll take you four to six years to prove it. Uh-huh. We have weeks. We had the fraud. I said, we've got fake mail-in ballots. We've got fake USB V drives. I only have to do forensics <laughs> on four or five machines. And we've got them cold. And nobody listened. So we're here two years later telling the story. We're going to put these people in jail. You trust me. These people, and I, and I hope they hear this, okay? I've put people in jail before, and I'm coming for you. We're going to put you in jail. Well, I certainly hope so. Um, the problem is that the more time that goes by, the more little, um, little pod people there are, you know, and they're multiplying. I, you know what I mean? That they're, they're taking the place of, of real people. Um, okay, well, I want to make sure we get out the information again. My guests are Leah Hoops and Gregory Stenstrom. And um, the name of the book again is called The Parallel Election, A Blueprint for Deception and Evidence of Massive Election Fraud in Delaware County, Pennsylvania, in the November 2020 election. And also you gave that um, that webs- what website did you want people to go? Oh, here it is. www.patriot.online. Dot online. Okay, yes. please go there. There's a ton of them. You'll find Leah there. You'll find me there. You'll find videos there. The election stuff. Donate buttons, most importantly for us. But www.patriot.online and the parallelelection.com. And those two things could help tremendously in this fight. Well, I really admire both of you. I think this is great. Um, you're taking on, you know, you're taking a big risk. You're taking on the big responsibility. Uh, we, if we only had more people like you, the world, the America wouldn't be in such a mess. But I just um, stay safe. <laughs> Keep all your evidence safe. I hope they're in bunkers somewhere. No, we've been <laughs> giving it away. Giving it away. We'd love to give it to them. We, they don't need to kick our doors down. Anybody who asks for it, we'll give well, it to them. I. You mean, um, I, I mean, you mean you have that much that, uh, you mean yeah. huh? Okay. They don't have to beg for it. We've been trying to give it away for two I years. See. We've been trying I to get see. people to look at it. Huh? 
Well, I keep keep I keep on keeping on because this is so important. I mean, we have midterms coming up, obviously, and and uh, you know it's real yeah, because it's like you wonder why people aren't doing more in Congress, why things haven't gotten fixed, and so, some of the things that you were saying at the beginning about uh, people being paid off and so on, um, you know, is some of the reasons. Well, thank you again, Leah Hoops and Gregory Stinstrom. And uh, The Parallel Election is the book. Everybody go to www.patriot.online. All right. Good luck with everything. I wish you continued success. Thank you, Carol. Okay. Thank you for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a seat.